Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Parker Imerell, and this is The Conversation Station. Today's guest is a video creator, cinematographer, and video editor from California. He is a team leader at Fat Unicorn, a firm that helps real estate professionals flesh out their personal brand. Elijah is passionate about pushing the envelope in innovation and creativity, and always strives to find new ways to tell a story and captivate viewers. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to the one and only Mr. Elijah Trask. Welcome on, sir. Hey, thanks, Parker. You make me sound way cooler than I actually am, but uh, I, I appreciate the the <laughs> intro like that. Sick. Hey, man. I mean, you've been you've been ro- you've been doing crazy stuff for a couple years now. I mean, I remember when I when I first met you a few years ago, yeah. you were you were uh, already shooting shooting footage and doing stuff. Uh, I'm 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 a bit I'm a bit behind you on that front, uh, shooting stuff and making content, yeah. but I'm I'm not quite getting paid for it yet. That's that's yeah, the uh, that's you're the pretty important. early to the game as far as most people's concern, and and probably about about the same track that I was on. I mean, I was your age, and you say that, but I I just about knew how to press record on a camera and and said I knew what I was doing, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, so um, why don't you tell the audience a bit about yourself? Because I, I, I think that I, I, I made you sound pretty cool in that intro, but I don't think I covered everything you do. Okay, yeah. So pretty much, um, I've always, I've always kind of been interested in in film or just videos or, or that sort of thing. Maybe I didn't realize it kind of when I was growing up. I was just making all these these videos for fun, um, but I just, I just always wanted to entertain entertain people that was kind of my personality and i was like i just out there i was in theater i was doing all these sorts of things but also like just had this this love for this form of media the the camera the like the cinematography of it and and movies like i just had a few movies that i just fell in love with and would watch on repeat all the time because um i was just kind of kind of a movie kid you know i i I loved that that form of of media that that kind of stuff but where i started kind of in in the in the creative space was just out of necessity really like i i was working at um at this i was kind of just volunteering at the church that i was at with with my dad he worked there and um and i just kind of fell into like okay he was like Hey, do you want to start doing some of this like sound, some of the um, video cutting and like for the live streams and that sort of thing? I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and it was, it was a good amount of work, but I just had so much fun with it while I was doing it and just fell in love with, with what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I love doing live streams, but I hate doing live streams. I, so, so the one live stream that I have really had to do I had to run a Smash tournament live stream. And the problem is, I know nothing about Smash. That is, that <laughs> is the issue. So, so, so what, I, what I had to do is, like, I had to, like, because, of course, all they wanted was, you know, a simple stream, right? Because it was my idea to do a live stream, or, no, it was yeah. another guy at the, it's at, a, at the local youth center. And then I'm like, okay, no, we're doing it fancy, because that's, that's how I roll, and that's how every creative rolls. They're like, okay, you want to do it at 10%? We're going to do it at 10,000%. <laughs> so, so, like, I found a, pl- uh, a plug-in for OBS that would let me, like put up like the graphics of and the and how many stocks each person had but mind you i'm trying to switch between the that camera and the gameplay while also updating that every time a new new people would come on and every time a stock changed and the and then the other issue is that whenever you, you could also select what character they were using yeah mind you i don't know where the and the character menu is the same as the game <laughs> I don't play the game. They would select a character and I would be trying to find it with every little bit of of my mental capacity. And it was yeah. it was it was quite interesting. I, I think that's been a huge lesson for me is learning to scale back on some of those those sorts of things like like I can do it at like a level 10, you know, like th- this is what would look really good. This is what all the like YouTubers that I watch, they do. This is what all these people yeah. like. If I do all these research, this research, like this is the best way to do it. Right. Um, first of all, it costs 10 grand to set that up. Uh, <laughs> but second of all, it's like it's so much work that you probably need like 
like five other hands, uh, like five other sets of hands, like just to be able to operate what our, our vision is initially. And it's, it's important lesson, like with video and with all these creative, this creative stuff and just even in business and, in and I feel like a lot of aspects of life taking that and like learning, okay, what's the, what's the thing that I can do right now? What can I, what can I take that? Like, I want to do it maybe at a, at a level 10, but like, I don't have that much experience. I don't have that, that much to work with yet. So how can I scale that vision back and, and make sure I can just to kind of achieve the the next step on the ladder? Yeah. But so it's, it's interesting how difficult that is because if I see something, I'm like, okay, they're doing it with all this expensive equipment. I'm like, okay, how can I do it with a toothbrush? You know, just like I, I will spend hours on tutorials, but then I'll realize, oh, you know, for that, for a live stream like that, they probably have like one person running the graphics and one person switching the camera, not one person doing all of it. One person balancing audio, one person balancing audio, you know, all of the different things. Um, and I think that that scaling back is, is, is so, so important. Um, and it, it is interesting. Uh, especially on the creative side of things, because I think that that's something no matter what you do, if you're passionate about it, you want to do it to the best degree possible. Yeah. But sometimes the best degree possible just isn't feasible. And it, it, it's, it, it can be quite hard to be like, OK, I'm not going to do it yeah. at, you know, the 10,000th degree. I'm going to do it at like the 5,000th degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some. A lot of times I feel like it, it's it's learning like the the best you can actually do is is getting out there and and progressing in it. So like what what's been kind of challenging for me is a lot of times because I want to do it at such a at such a high scale or I want to I want every project I do to be like the best project I've ever done or I want every video I edit to be like the best one that I've ever like finished and that sort of thing like and if I'm always chasing for that feeling, like it stops me from actually finishing a project or it stops me from starting a project that I'm like, oh, this could be really good. But like, oh, I don't have time for that yet. Like, or I don't have time to do that yet because I want to do it at this 10 times scale when really if I scaled it back like 80% and just did the 20% that to most people, they're like, oh, that would be, a, that's a cool video. And they'll like they'll have the same reaction or similar reaction. Like to most people, they'll just scroll past and be like, yeah, that, that was a good video or that was that go on with the rest of their day. You know, like realizing what's going to get me progress is learning to do things at that 20% most of the time. And that's, what's going to fuel those 80 to a hundred percent projects where I really can pour in my everything and those projects will will hopefully get some more eyeballs. Maybe they won't, but the people that do watch them will be like, that was really cool. Or maybe it was just for me. Maybe that video was just for me to think, I put my heart, soul, and blood and sweat and tears all into that project. It doesn't matter if anybody saw it, but all the times that I was willing to just do the minimum, kind of like get the video out there, get the minimum viable product, get the, the idea out there on a consistent basis and grow in it and grow in my voice, my um, tone, my, my actual cinematography, all the skills in it, like that fuels the, the big projects that actually mean something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the most important part of anything you do is to just do it, get started. Um, and I, I think that my, my issue right now is, Make is is making room for that for that 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 eighty percent because right now mm-hmm. with with podcast clips podcast clips are really they're not going to perform that well on social media because there's only so much you can do with with clips from a from a conversation right and mm-hmm. it's going to be the content made for social media that does better but my issue is that I'll like I'll be like okay today I'm shooting of uh, this video for social media. Then I'll shoot it. Then I'll plug the SD card into my computer and watch the footage. And then I'll realize that, oh, wow, that sucked. That completely sucked. Uh, and, and then I'll just go and reshoot it. But, but I think the, but, but 
the also also the thing is is that yeah. currently my schedule is so packed tight with different things that what I need to learn to do and what I'm tr- trying to work on today because uh, the episode of the podcast that just came out today had a in in uh, a former Navy SEAL on. But what I'm trying to do is oh, get wow. all of the clips done early in the week and have them scheduled so that as it gets later in the week, I can just let my creative juices flow and not worry about if, if I have a clip to go out that day, knowing that I will keep the algorithms happy and I can just create. Because that yeah. is the hardest part. I, I tell people constantly, the algorithm is a toxic relationship. It, it, that's, that's what it is. You have to do specific things to keep it happy. And if yeah. you don't, it'll punish you in a way that you have no control over. Yeah. And I found since I've started posting more content, I've been way more obsessive about it. Like, it's just, it's not, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's sad, but like, I'm just jumping on my phone, like every, every, like however many minutes or whatever, just thinking like, okay, did I get another liked it? I'm like, what does that really matter if I'm consistently putting out something that I enjoy, that I know I'm growing in, that I'm, I'm getting better at, I'm doing better at, or like <clears throat> even putting out ideas that whether or not they get a bunch of likes or they get as many comments as I want, like these are the ideas that I want to put out into the world, whether or not people see them, whether or not people like that is not up to me, but this is what I want to put out. This is what I want to challenge people with. This is what I want to challenge myself with and continue to grow in. So it's kind of, it's kind of learning to balance that. I think it's, it's just going to take time of like putting out things on a schedule and just on a, on a regular basis of like, I need to just start to desensitize to that. Like I need this many likes or this many views or this many for it to mean something like, no, yeah, yeah. I think I think my frustration yeah. lies less in the fact that okay, I didn't get views or something like that. It lies in the fact that the algorithms are so unpredictable and I'm like, god yeah. damn it, that was an objectively better piece of content, right? <laughs> like I'll go back and these videos that I put out like 6 months ago, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, that video sucked. That was the bare minimum effort. There's no like <laughs> music to keep people engaged. The graphics look weird. Why is that real performing better than the stuff that I'm pouring all of my yeah. time and energy into where I put music behind it? It's super engaging. There's yeah. engaging captions. Um, and it's, you, it's you, yeah. aggravating. Yeah. Like the, the stuff that like, oh, yeah, I, I could have spent 10 minutes on that. And then the stuff that I spent like maybe six hours editing, it's like, why did nobody see that? You know, like, why? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or it, days of just like kind of workshopping it. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's as a, that kind of creative aspect, like it's, it, it can be aggravating to be well, like, yeah, not have that prediction of like, can I, can I just tell it like, Hey, this is the one that I spent more time on. Please push yeah. this one instead. Put, <laughs> like This one, please. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to spend uh, 50 bucks on like Instagram ads, you can tell yeah, which one to that's push. That's the way to do it, I guess. <laughs> that's no, the way but, to do it. Um, but if we were of, so obsessed with just growing naturally, you know, like. <laughs> hey, man, when Instagram gives me $5 of free credit on ads, I spend that $5 of free credits Absolutely. on ads. Absolutely. Um, I mean. <laughs> on the video that you like. <laughs> yes, I pick I pick the one that I like. I'm not going to I'm not going to have the video from from a few months ago that yeah. that, that has these crappy captions. Yeah. That, like, I don't care if Facebook thinks this is one this one's going to work better. I don't care if Instagram thinks this one's going to do better. Like, no, yeah, I'm going to do this <laughs> other one that I like, all right? And yeah. you can <laughs> No, it's it's so interesting because I I mean, it is so that's that is the interesting thing is that it's unpredictable. And I think the hardest thing for me is like, I have, t- I, ha- I have like, like all of my podcast clips, most of my podcast clips are all leadership content, but then I'm also trying to do video editing content. Now there is a much bigger market for video editing content. Now the, the thing is my podcast is, is, is mostly leadership content. So the issue is that when I break through to the algorithm, the breakthroughs are small, but it's like the rest of the content no, but, but, but then the thing is, it's like the one, the one random video performs well. So I'm like, okay, the algorithm likes me. I put out another video. It performs well. I'm like, oh my God, I've broken through. I'm going to grow. Next video, 45 views. I'm like, what? <laughs> d- 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 what? But, but <laughs> I mean, what, bro? 
I will say this. It is yeah. one of my favorite things to look at is the differences between the algorithms. Instagram, you will you will usually get at least as many views as you have followers. You can usually guarantee that. But then if you go to TikTok, um, I'm not that big on TikTok. Um, TikTok's TikTok, the wild west, bro. TikTok is the wild west. But then just- YouTube, YouTube, you either you you can put out a piece of content and it just won't get in the algorithm. It'll get literally zero views, and you can Nothing. repost that piece of content and it'll get two thousand views. So the thing with YouTube is you just like I will upload a video and it'll within seven minutes or like eight minutes of like one view. I'm like okay, delete it, re-upload it, and I will do that like ten times in a day on one video, and then it'll pop off and get a thousand views. Um, I think it's interesting because it is so vastly unpredictable on YouTube. But YouTube has actually been really decently easy to grow on. What I wish that a platform like YouTube and some of these other platforms had is the it's uh, the ability to add people as a collaborator because Instagram has it. Yeah. YouTube should add that, especially on shorts, because yeah, like the other day I, I went back and I grabbed an old clip from from a clip that I had released a couple months ago of uh, of Matt. Right. Um, and, and I, I grabbed it. I'm like, okay, that didn't perform that well. You know what? It's been, it's been three months, three months is three years on the internet. So I'm just going to repost it. But this time I'm going to add Matt as a collaborator and steal some views. So, so it's gotten like 4,000 views purely because Matt Boudreaux is, 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 is the yeah. collaborator. Yeah. But it, that is, that is one of the thing that I have had to do to grow. It's like, you've got to add popular accounts as collaborators, which is stupid because you're not growing your audience. You're just piggybacking off of theirs, but it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I, it's it's huge, unpredictable. Though. It's huge though. I think that that's going to be a, become a huge part of, of this space. And like, just kind of as, as a prediction here, you know, my un, uneducated or maybe slightly educated opinion um, is like, yeah, I think, I think collaborating on, on posts and on that sort of thing, I think it's going to become huge. If, if they add it to something like YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, any of those platforms, I think should jump on that, that, that bandwagon of doing that because that cross growth is huge for creators. You know, like there's so many people that like, Maybe they've hung out and they've had good talks with like with some some creators like that are adjacent to their space and they like they might have similar audiences like you were saying or they might have but so many of them would go unrealized just because like they might be putting out content with that person in it but so many people would never know they'd just be like yeah what how how would I find that unless if you can tag that person and make them a part of the post and it goes out on their platform as well, it gets, goes to their subscribers. That is the biggest issue with YouTube is it's hard to push people. It's hard to get, grasp someone else's audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that re- right now it's it kind of an issue on all platforms. Um, ex- unless you're like doing an interview with like Joe Rogan or like Andrew Tate or some of these huge names, yeah. the name recognition alone can struggles to get you views but then when it does and you post it's arbitrary that's my issue right now so this is the this is the number one issue facing small creators right now is whenever you get views it's it feels completely arbitrary instagram does not give you logic as to why these things get views at least on youtube i can view how engaged people were how much of it they watched but on instagram and on tiktok and these other platforms it is so arbitrary where something yeah. gets views and you have no idea how to replicate it. So what these what these what these platforms need to integrate is good metrics, but also the algorithm knows why it picked your video. So why can't you just tell me why the hell you picked my video? Why do I have to decipher it? We have AI that's good enough to tell us why. So just tell me why. Seriously. Yeah, I was just going to say like if there was some sort of kind of translation from all the code that's in the algorithms to just like it outputs it into like you have some sort of extension that outputs it into chat gpt and then they're like this is why you're not succeeding (laughs) like your colors suck your whatever like your editing you need to chop it up like this and like please tell me i'd love the insight but um yeah you guys just keep it under lock and key you know yeah the interesting thing is you have these creators who are telling you this is why your content isn't performing 
So you do what they tell you. And then your content still doesn't perform. And then the content that you did nothing that they told you to do performs. It, it's so interesting. Um, I saw a video from a guy named uh, Enrico Incart- Incardi, I think. I, I don't remember exactly how you say his name. And it was, it, was, it was like a skit where he's talking to the algorithm. He's like, hey, Instagram. Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, hey, Instagram. Uh, do, do hashtags help? Maybe. So, so what if I use captions? Yes. Um, what, what about, do, uh, does music help my videos? Does just using trending music uh, help my videos? Correct. Just, and it was just like, it's so accurate because it's like, they tell you nothing, but they yeah. expect you to know everything. Yeah, it's, it's funny. And they just, they just keep changing things in the background and they're not like, they're not making it like huge announcements. They'll just be like, oh yeah, by the way, we added this. But also like, if you're not using this feature that we just added, you're not going to get any views, any engagement, any comments, anything. We're, we're going to like stifen or like, we're going to pretty much muffle everything else. Uh, just because we added this new thing. Uh, but we're not going to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it is quite interesting to me because what I don't understand is, is like as a creator, all I, mm-hmm. all I want to do is be able to impact people. Every piece of content mm-hmm. I release is meant to impact people in some way. And so when I, when I produce a content that I pour a ton of energy and a ton of time into, and, it, and then that piece of content performs, so I release a similar piece of content, which I pour the same amount of time, same amount of energy, same yeah. amount of effort into, and it doesn't perform, it discourages me. But that is, but, but I think at this point, I'm sort of just like, okay, at this point, creating a clip is part of my routine, right? For my podcast. It's like, I, so, so my workflow is really, really, really weird. It is so wonky, but it works. So what I do, I take my podcast and um, once it's uploaded to YouTube, I throw it into an application. There's two different applications I'll use either an application called Opus Clips or an application called Munch. And what those do is they go through and use AI to find these impactful moments. And then what I do is I take that, those moments and I'll find one that I like. And instead of editing it in there because their editors suck, they're crappy. I'll just go into Premiere Pro and I'll find that, I'll find that moment there. And the nice thing is Premiere Pro now has text-based editing like Descript. And so and so what yeah. I'll do is I'll, Which is gets I'll pop me, don't in. even get me started about Descript. I hate Descript, but I, I did use the text editor in Premiere and I love it. Like it's just so much different because Descript's not built around a timeline editor and it's hecka glitchy. But Premiere's is, is like so much better when it doesn't crash on me. That's yeah. another story. <laughs> you were, you were 89, saying, yeah. 89 gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, like I don't have that. <laughs> I'm not. That's that's Premiere. But yeah, yeah, so what I'll do is then I'll just chop it up there, and then this plugin, the best plugin I've ever I've ever come across. Like, well, no, the best plugin I've ever come across is Autopod, because um, that's oh, what yeah. edits my podcast. But there's this oh plugin. Gosh. There's this plugin called Submachine, and what Submachine does is it gives you the ability to do the all the fancy captions on my videos, all of the ones that are in that captions app. It ha- it allows you to do those inside of Premiere Pro. Fully inside of Premiere Pro, and it gives you all the options. You can do animation, and and it's based it's based on a Mogurt, uh, a motion graphics template. So you can Whoa. edit the motion graphics template and make it how you want it, and it it does it perfectly. It is so incredible, and, and that's and then usually I'll just grab a piece of music. I'll, I'll randomly pick a piece of music. I'll just drag. I've I have so many pieces of stock music that I downloaded from a variety of sites, and I'll just pick one and throw it behind it. Um, but that's what my workflow looks like. But, but those, that plugin submachine, such a time saver because you don't have to export, download to your phone, you know, and then, and then do the stuff in the captions app. The only reason I have to download it to my phone is because why doesn't Instagram let you post reels from PC? It's very frustrating. Seriously, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Like all the different captions apps and, and different things. It just, 
it had me like just running around figuring out like what what would be the w- best way to do it because there's so many kind of okay ways to do captions, um, but none of them were like actually what I wanted, which is just integrated like good captions in my editor. Um, but see if you if if you went back to shilling to Adobe and shilling to crashing, you'd have access. So if you pay seven dollars <laughs> a month for this plugin. But but here's the thing. Yeah. How come Instagram captions suck? They suck. They're so bad. They're the, the big old blocky text looks terrible. It's crap. I'm but but they're they, they have the other styles. But like if you're yeah. Instagram, if you're Facebook, why don't you just buy the captions app and integrate its styles into your application? Yeah, it's so limited. I mean, I think they're thinking probably mo- most most users on those on Instagram, Facebook aren't even using captions yet. They're not even thinking about it. So it's like to add captions in, like they they're, they're trying to make it, I guess, like probably as simple as possible. So people don't get lost in the whole like captions process at all. No, but no, like, but it, it I could yeah. be that simple, but their styles suck. Like yeah, their styles, they issue. do need more styles. They need more, more options for that. I totally agree. Like, it's it's not really enough. There's only a couple to choose from. I still use Instagram's captions just because it's easy. It's it's easy. Like it's super easy. And um I like the big blocky style one for some reason. Like so so my issue is like it looks good, but it only looks good in certain scenarios. Yeah. So my my issue is the fact that when I'm doing a podcast clip that's vertical and me or my guest are taking up most of the frame, I can either put oh, the yeah. captions on their t-shirt but then it goes down into the area with like the actual caption and you can't read yeah, the, the captions. No the no the, caption yeah, it zone. Goes, it goes into the no caption zone. But if I, or I can put it on their face. Like what are my options here? Yeah, that that's like, they, it's really not made for those close up like podcast kind of style captions. The only reason I like doing it is because for my videos that I film by myself, I do a really wide shot and I sit like not and you center lay on the frame. grass. I sit not center frame in the grass. So then I'm making room for that captions. And it's like, it's kind of a, it's a pre thought out. Like I'm going to put the captions here. But if you're doing a podcast like this, that's being repurposed for something else. Those captions in Instagram are terrible for that. They, they don't work. There's yeah. only a couple of different so, options and not a, none of them are really that great. Yeah, so the nice thing though is that with my with the that's why I use the plugin that I use because it's simple. Yeah. You you transcribe your sequence. The weird thing is you 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 just have to you have to export the transcript as an SRT file, but that's no problem, you know, it's one click. And then you just import you import that into the plugin and it's super easy and then you uh import your captions mogurt and then you just click create captions. And then done. you're done and you click export. Um and I mean, you have like uh, a preset you, set up, right? Of like your, yeah. your settings and everything. So, so what, what I, I do so though, is I, I've been a bit, the only thing I change about one of their presets right now is the color, but I'm a bit too, I, I, I haven't created my own custom Mogurt for that one yet, but for some of the other projects I've worked on, I've done it just because, uh, when I'm not doing it for myself, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to not, not be super lazy. Yeah. Uh, and then I think it also, um. I think, um, what was I going to say? Uh, but it, it's super easy and it's, it, it, and the captions look great. I, there's a variety of styles. You have like your Alex or Mosey captions, but if I want to do those, those require more work because, uh, Alex or Mosey is really good with his captions. His editing team is very legit. Um, and then you have like your, your, your block style, you know, captions app captions. And, and then you have, uh, this style called TikTok, which is the one I use, I don't know why it's called TikTok, but I use it just because it, it, it very simply looks good and requires the least amount of uh, energy or effort to, 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 to use. So, yeah. um, and I've learned that captions really don't mean, I mean much. I just throw them on there for good keeping at this point. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that's it. like, we, we had this whole phase of like, everybody was like, like, freaking out about like, oh yeah, you need to have like super engaging captions on all of your videos. This needs to be like, this is now industry standard. And it's like, it's kind of calmed down since then. Like there's still some creators that are succeeding that 
don't use captions or they do it totally differently or their captions are super basic and their content's really good. Like, I think it's, it's one of those things that everybody tries to focus in on. Like, this is the reason that content is succeeding right now. This is the, if you're not doing this, that's why. Or if you're not like, if you start doing this, you're going to succeed. Like it's not necessarily the case. And what I find is like a lot of people want to directly copy like what exactly is working in the space. What like Alex Hormozzi is doing these captions specifically. Um, and we need to start. Everybody needs to start doing that. Obviously, not everybody that has Alex Hormozzi's captions or paid for somebody on Fiverr that can recreate Alex Hormozzi's captions is succeeding on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube right now. Yeah. They might still have the same views that they started with, or maybe they've grown a little bit, but it's like, is it really worth it? Like, is that really what was going to fix your content? Not necessarily. At the end of the day, the, the what matters is consistently producing good content. I mean, the, the algorithm might hate you for like for like three years, but eventually they, they might give you a little favorability. Um, mm. And I think the that is... That is the yeah. number one thing. Produce good content. Now, my issue with producing content, and like, you know how you said there's these videos that are like, if you do this, you'll be successful. This is why your videos aren't working. And I think that that's oh, and, the issue. And don't, is these- don't get me wrong. If you go on my page, you're probably going to find something like that because that is that- what's working. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, that's what I like, was about to say. I'm like, that's the how you hook people in. Yeah. It's definitely sensationalized. And I'm not saying like, don't create content like that because- there, there creates some interest and there is an involvement in that. Like we, we learn different things through like these videos that are really grabbing our attention. And I've learned so much from all those videos that I know they're clickbaiting me, but I watch them anyway. Uh, but, but yeah. No. So, so one of the things I have, I've learned to in- integrate recently is that, um, is that I, instead of saying this will fix your problem, I prefer to say this fixed my problem. Um, yeah, because, because that way it doesn't feel quite as clickbaity and it feels more personal. Actually stole that tip from Alex, uh, Alex Ormosi. I watched, uh, watched a keynote of his and he was like, switch it from you to I. Um, and, and so my issue though is like my, I have one piece of content. Okay. Get that right. I have one total reel. Okay. I have, I have one other, um, photo post, but I have one reel that was made for social media. All the other ones are repurposed content, right? I have like 236 followers right now. The fact that I know that number, probably not a good sign of my growth. But I, <laughs> but I, but I, have, like, I have 236 followers as of recording right now. All of those followers came from either people who knew me, which, okay, maybe subtract 100 from that. But 106, 136 followers or something like that came from me fully repurposing content. But my issue is the content that I make that's for social media it's hard to for me to give it a personal vibe and be casual about it because I want it. To, I'm I'm too obsessive about it being perfect. Um, yeah. And I tried to record something casual the other day, but then it took up two minutes and forty five seconds when I did a rough cut. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not gonna work um, because. But 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 I think the other thing is if I were to record some casual style content, what I want to do is I want to have someone else holding a camera and 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 then like. I, so the video I recorded was was um, an under a thousand dollar podcast setup, which is what I have, and yeah. I was trying to show it off to people in a cool story setting, and trying to tell a story about finding about finding this different gear, not my story, but like 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 a story where your cat gave you a thousand dollars, and then you're trying to find a gear for a podcast. Don't ask why I used a cat, but I used a cat <laughs> just to make people be like, "What the hell?" Um, yeah, but it didn't work because, but but. If optimally, if I were doing, I would just do a setup tour, right? Like, here's what I have, you know, and I would do it cool casually with someone with a camera, but I don't trust anyone in my family to hold a camera and record me. Like, like at, at the end of the day, I don't, but, um, I think it's interesting because you have to, I think that's why I want to get all of my other content, my clip content, like optimized. So it's only like one day a week I'm spending on it. That way I can spend the other time being creative and just shooting a bunch of videos um that i want to shoot and want to release um and uh yeah 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 i think that's that's what i'm i'm learning a lot about right now is 
is doing, how, how do I start to do some of the same tasks, some of the same things, some of the same, like create systems to do all the things that I was doing before in less time. And that's kind of been the goal recently. It was like, okay, how do we start? How do I start doing these same things, these same tasks that are working for me right now? Like, but create a system around it where maybe I find some sort of scheduler that works for me. Or maybe I, I start to block out like, okay, this is the day that I can do this section of the edit. Like I can go through, I can cut all the pieces for, I can cut all the rough cuts out for all of my short form content. And then another day or another block time hour or whatever, like however I block it out, like that's when I'm actually going to go through, I'm going to do this part of the process. I'm going to caption all the videos or I'm going to go through, I'm going to make sure um, I have all my like kind of sticky elements, my images or those sorts of things that I add to, to the videos that we produce. Um, so I kind of block out the time to make sure like, how do I start doing these things more efficiently and set myself up to where I can do maybe what took me a lot longer, like because I'm sequencing my, my process in a, in a system of like, I'm sitting down and doing this part. Now I'm going to do all of it. It's going to be like a sprint. And then I I'm done. I'm going to do that other part later, do all of it. And then you can sit down. I schedule out my content like a week or two in advance. And then it just goes out automatically. Um, which kind of gets me to like not not sponsor anything. I I, I freaking wish. Uh, but Metricool, I think would be would be a great use source for you. Or maybe I don't know if there's anybody who's what listening that? that's that's would want to use that. Um, it's a content scheduler, and it's it's legit. I mean, I've heard different things um, and and seen a couple of different things on like whether or not. Um, Using a, a content scheduler because there's a couple out there. This is not like unique. There's 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 a few of them that do this. That you put the you like kind of schedule out the content in a yeah. calendar and then it'll post it out automatically for you and that sort of thing. But I've heard some things where it's like, oh, you get less engagement or that sort of thing. But really, I think what it's helped me with is it's not really taken that huge of a hit on some of our main platforms. Um, I've been doing this for for my boss now and that sort of thing. But it, we haven't actually taken that much of a hit on engagement, but it's really like it's helped us to become more consistent with because we're not thinking about, oh, we have to post at this time, like uh, or every day or on this day or whatever. Like we don't have to sort all that out and it's just on a schedule or it'll go out or it'll remind me when to post or that sort of thing. If we need to do it on some of the platforms that it doesn't post to um, then because that's taken care of and I don't have to worry about that, we've been more kind of steady pace consistent on some of those things. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's the, the, that's the part of the process I'm at as well is trying to optimize all of the things that I'm doing. Yeah. And the biggest optimization has by far been Autopod. Honestly, that is that might be the greatest plugin. Hear me out. I think it is the greatest plugin in the history of video editing. I'm, yeah. And I'm not kidding when I say that. I think it's even better than um yeah. than than uh than video copilot um which which than video copilots oh I don't remember what what it is from uh from video copilot but it's a uh, oh it's effects console for After Effects so huge it makes which I, um it, it's it, huh. that's that's something you you I'm might not have heard of um but it allows you to hit control space whenever you're in After Effects and just type into your keyboard what effect you're looking for so useful but i think autopod.fm changed the game because it took what you know it's not that editing a podcast a multi-camera podcast takes that long right it takes maybe an hour for an hour of footage but the issue is that you have to be enjoying yourself for that hour you like you have to be inspired while you're editing that because it's no. so boring and no, the yeah. fact that the fact that now i can just click a button and it's done because honestly when, when you're editing something that's an hour in length it doesn't need to be perfect and Autopod is by no means perfect, but as long as I make sure my intro and outro are good, then I am done. Yeah, seriously. And it's like, yeah, it, it takes you an hour. But like for me, I know when, like when I was doing multicam stuff, it took me more than an hour because I would want to go back and fix stuff. And because if I'm really in it and thoughtful about it, then it's going to take me 
a little bit longer or that, that sort of thing. It's like, I, I, I would just lose energy doing it. Like I just, it would, yeah. it would kind of be draining and it would be like, I would have to take more breaks or do more. Th- like I just make oh, more so draining. kind of like get up and like do like, I wouldn't sit down and diligently just do that for, and just like speed edit through it for an hour straight. You know, no. it, I yeah. would, I would get up, do something else and it would come back to it. It'd probably take me maybe two hours plus or whatever, because like, I don't actually want to be sitting there and doing it and actually cutting through because that that's not life giving just cutting between cameras that I know already there. Like when I'm filming it, it's all cool. But like, yeah, whenever I'm going back and editing it live, it's, it's not that bad, but it's like, it's like the edit, but, but now my process looks like this. I set everything. If I, if I'm done shooting, I'll, I'll I'll throw it when, when I'm ready to edit, I'll throw everything in. To, to, to premiere, you know, get it synced up, get it set up, put, get it uh, uh, set up for autopod because there's a couple things you have to do. Yeah, you got to still then, sync it up and sync up audio some, and everything. Some of these things. And then I'll just, I'll just, I'll just click go on autopod and I'll go eat lunch and then I'll come back and it's done. That's done. the, it, it's, I just click and go eat lunch. It's, it's, um, th- they should call autopod lunchables. Autopod X Lunchables. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Autopod X. You, whenever you buy a Lunchable, you have a chance of winning a free Autopod uh, subscription. Whoa, yeah, free month of Autopod. I would, I would I'd, buy I'd, all I'd the I'd Lunchables. Start buying lunchables. Yeah, what, I would lunchables, start lunchables again. What Lunchables are five bucks and Autopod is thirty bucks a month? I could buy four, three Lunchables, four Lunchables, <laughs> um, and, and, and still have the chance of you know. Yeah. Being all good. Uh, yeah, it's like those it's like those um prizes they put in cereal boxes. I don't know if you like ever yeah, had those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hecka funny. I don't I think oh. they stopped doing that, but um those were yeah. those were the good old days. Good old days that, that you that you were around to see, yeah. Back in the <laughs> back in the eighties when, when you were a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. I think they still had like some maybe it wasn't like toys, maybe they just put like less like chokeable items in in um in the cereals, but I think how they, many we children still do like you this. think of like eaten a toy uh, while while thinking it was cereal at some point? <laughs> uh, probably in the upper thousands, you know. Uh, yeah, it's probably probably a lot. So so I, I'm going to ask you a question here. Where do you where do you see the future of content going? Like as as things progress. Like, like, what do you see as the future of the content creator and the, and, and where do you think, I, I know that the, the roles of a content creator in society are only going to, ch- are always going to change, but what do you see as, as, as that? And in terms of social media, what do you see in terms of this era of social media, in terms of the sensationalized content? Do you think it's here to stay or do you think it's, it's going to fizzle out? Where do you, where do you see uh, everything going? That's good. That's good. Um, so here's it'll kind of start with the like the broader the view of it. Um what I would say for for social media for all this stuff like a lot of people there's there's two boats of thinking. There's there's people that are thinking like this is this is going to be huge still. There's going to be a bunch of, like more um there's still a lot of place to grow and there's a lot of people even in this place of like oh it's already too oversaturated. Like it's not sustainable. There's not going to be, um, there's already too many content creators. That's why they're not starting. Um, there's already, there's people saying the same things. There's too many people making content, all this, whatever, like, but I mean, it's a little bit of both, but I think where I would stand on it is audiences grow and change the same way that creators or true creators grow and change. Um, and, and what I mean by that, audiences actually change and want different things over time. So the space is never too saturated. The, um, the landscape of whether it's Instagram now or it's Facebook or if you're on YouTube, all these different places that you think are like, there are already too many people doing it. Every time somebody has said that, a year later, there's some huge YouTuber that like did not exist six months ago. Like... It's not actually true whenever people say like, oh, the space is oversaturated or it's, there's too much going on. Like I, 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 I'm too late. 
I don't actually believe that. I think I believed it at one point, but I started to realize like, I don't watch the same YouTubers that I watched two years ago or three years ago, five years ago, whatever it is. Like those people have changed. Maybe like some of them, even every six months, like, Oh, like I realize I have so many people on my subscriber list that I feel bad. Like I don't want to unsubscribe. You still see those people like have huge subscriber counts, but like their viewership maybe doesn't match it anymore. Or their viewership is like a totally different audience now because I never unsubscribe, but like, I'm just, I don't watch the same content anymore. I'm interested in different things. I've, I've grown my, my, uh, interests have changed, have shifted, which is okay. I think that's like a part of the human process. That's part of what we, we do, what, what we kind of need is to not be watching the same shows we were watching when we were 12. You know, we're, we're now watching like grown up TV or whatever, you know, it's like, that's an analogy, but like, you just see like years later, there's some things that you just will love for the span of your life, but a lot of things will grow and change and audiences grow and change. And so that's why I think the space is never too saturated. When I hear people say that, I'm like, it's not really the truth. Um, now for the landscape kind of, of sensational content, I think there will always be new sensational content. A lot of times that's perpetuated by actual like creative people or creators or people that are innovating people that are like something will become sensational because somebody started it. Because Mr. A lot B of people, started it. <laughs> because Mr. B started it. But like, and then everybody's like, oh, we have to be copying this. We have to be doing it this exact way, which I think is the wrong way to view it. Like we can learn from those people that did that. But honestly, it's the people that like stick their feet in the ground and they're just committed to, I've learned from these creators, like I'm copying what they're doing that's working and that sort of thing to a degree. But it's the people that really are just like, I want to make this to make this, not because it's working, not because people are saying it's going to work. So many times it's the creators that like, people are like, dude, you're never going to blow up like that isn't going to work those are the people that like just because they showed up every day or every week, whatever their schedule was like they gave it a hundred percent or they gave it like they're all to actually grow in what they were doing. And they weren't listening to what other people were saying. Those people will grow to where their market cap actually is. The rest of people that are just trying to follow, like what's the new thing. They're never going to hit it. They're never, they're just going to be like trying to be Mr. Beast, trying to be somebody else when really it's good to learn from those people. But if you're not actually putting your own twist on it, you're not actually yeah, finding your own lane and just sticking with it long enough because you're passionate about it. It's not going to work. Also, because if you're making somebody else's content, you're not going to be passionate about it. You're not going to stay in it. Yeah, and if you're making someone else's content, you're not going to be able to make your their content as good as they are able to make it. And I think no, it's yeah. totally okay to be, you know, copying what Mr. Beast is doing, but I think and I think you have to do that to some degree to find where you stand in the social media mm-hmm. landscape, but you have to do it with that in mind. Like when I when I copy a similar style to something I saw online, I'm not doing it cuz I want to be that creator. I'm doing it mm-hmm. because I want to see what works for me and works for my audience. And so I think that that's what you have to navigate as a creator. And I think that the, the fact is, it, the, 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 the word creator is based on the word creative. I mean, very obviously. But if we look at it in that regard, you can very, very quickly realize there's infinite creativity. Look, humans have been on this planet for freaking uh, uh, like, like three years at this point. Um, and, and, and over these, no, I don't know why I said three years, but but no, the humans have been on this planet for forever and there are always new ideas coming about yeah. and there's always new things coming along. And so what I think people need to realize is the same is true in social media. Maybe three years down the line, the sensational content isn't as big, but guess what? Maybe now it's the, maybe now it's like, like the meditative spa content, but guess what? You've got to stick with what works for you and yeah. heck, maybe a few years down the line, 
your 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 audience starts to become disengaged by your content. But guess what your mm-hmm. job is as a creator? Your create your job as a creator is to adapt to your audience, not to adapt to the world, but adapt adapt to the people that you want to affect, the people that you want to leave a positive impact mm-hmm. on. So I think in this in this world of create of creatives and social media as a whole, it just comes down to consistently working and to put out content and uh, just navigating what comes of it. Yeah, I think it's also like it's that there's a twofold kind of holding that tension between like, yes, you need to find your own lane and what i was kind of saying before you need to find your own like what works for you and just stick with it and i think that's good in the in the sense of like if you're staying consistent on it but how you do that is also not coming from this place of pride of like my stuff like the stuff that i i make or create has to be different than every single person out there as well i think that's the other side of it is like so many people i mean myself included will will not make content or not put something out there because you're afraid, oh, somebody else already made something like that. Somebody else already did something like that. Where I think the other, that's the other side is like, there's almost no such thing as original content or original thought, original idea. Like it's only perpetuated by taking somebody else's idea and twisting it, changing it, tweaking it a little bit, you know, like, that is the the balance of like, don't just take the idea. What are you going to do with it? Or what if you take that idea and take this idea over here and put them together? Or how do you, how do you do something that's different by putting together other di- ideas that already exist? Because I don't think there's really that like absolute original thought. You, it's hard to trace down to what's actually original and what's not. And so if you let that stop you from just creating what you feel you need to create, then you're missing the point. You know, if you're, if you're so focused on what I put out has to be like nothing else. It's like, you're never probably going to put anything out then, you know, and what, what content are you actually making? That's getting you to that, that final piece that like you put out and everybody's like, this is so unique. A lot of times people put out a massive amount of mediocre content before they put out something that everybody gawks at and just thinks, wow, that was amazing. Nothing. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, originality is just a mixing pot of other people's ideas. Originality Mm -hmm. is the, is the dilution of other people's ideas to a point where it becomes unrecognizable. If you mixed Mr. Beast with ASMR and i don't know reaction youtuber you're gonna get something weird and completely different and it might work so you you can't get caught up in the mindset that it has to be perfectly original or that it has to be that great i'll be honest my podcast clips aren't some insane piece of social media content like i know that it's not going to perform the best because at the end of the day i'm not talking to david goggins i'm not talking to these people that the, the thing is, is podcast clips perform based on the personal brand of your guest. So I, I, what I understand is that, hey, I've got to work to create my own content. But the most, imp- the most important thing I can do is to keep creating. And so with some of these clips that aren't necessarily optimal for social media, the number one thing I'm doing is putting them out because at the end of the day, it, it gives me the capability to still yeah. see growth while I work to find my place in the social media landscape. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. Yeah, and I think that this, uh, this, this, this social media side of things is such a, it's become such a cultural thing. And I yeah. think that's, that's, a, that's one slight issue with it is it has become social media culture, influencer culture. All these cultures, and I think what the you've got to stop and create your own culture. Don't don't adhere to the social media culture. Mm. Adhere to the you culture. Adhere to the who you want to be culture, and let the social media culture adjust to who you are. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's that's really good. And it's even this it's kind of that that place of like we can in that social media space, we can get so flooded with what other people are are saying we should create, are saying that we should do, are saying that like especially in Instagram and in some of these places that's it's it is like highly saturated with advice content or just yes. like you should do this. You should say this. You should make this even for creators as we're being told exactly the kind of content we should put out, which is so good to take that as like inspiration and to listen to that. Like if that's helping you hype you up to just start pressing the record button, I'm all for it, you know, but if you're just kind of, if you're already creating or whether or not you're already creating, like if you're, if you're in this space where you're consuming so much, that it's actually blocking you from it's actually like discouraging you from the stuff that you already know you want to make, or you already know you want to record. That's where I think it needs to stop or it needs to like, you, you need to make some big change. Like even for me right now, I'm not necessarily succeeding at it. I'm not going to say like, or pretend that um, this is like a discipline that I'm even doing really well right now, but I've, I've started to practice like this, there's some times of the day or there's some some days even where I'll try to like just delete my apps, my Instagram, my Facebook or whatever for like for however many hours if I'm out like doing something or just for the day if I can like and just just go without it even as a social media manager who that's my job and it's easy to make that my excuse to be like, oh, I'm working or I'm getting inspiration or I'm learning like no a lot of times it's, it's just, I'm just like everybody else. I'm, I'm trying to escape or I'm trying to make excuses and I'm watching content so I don't have to create it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Now I will say of the, the advice content, there's one type of advice content that I hate more than anything else. It's, it's, it's the, you have the trending audio and it says, <laughs> here's three tips to do this. Read the caption. I'm like, I, I know that it's supposed to get engagement because then you peop, the video plays while people read your caption, but I hate it. Just tell me. Just tell me. <laughs> hey, guys, do you want to know three, three types of social media content I don't like? Read the caption. Do you want to know why you should make people read your <laughs> captions? Read the caption. Like, at, yeah. or if you're going to tell me to read the caption... Don't just put text on screen. Tell me to read the caption. Yeah. Hey, man, read this caption. I know it works, right? That's the problem. I know it works it's, because it's popping up on my page. And I know that I'm reading the caption every time they tell me to read the caption. Dang but it. I don't they like to. you told you. Yeah. But they're like, they're like, hey, hey, man, how are you? <laughs> read the caption to learn these three things. I'm like, but I, I want to learn these three things, but I don't want to read the caption. I don't want to read your caption. I just want to watch your video. And, and keep scrolling. <laughs> no, I get you. And I think like I've had that same experience. Like even there's some content that I think will be super cringe, but I'm still engaging the way that they want me to engage. I'm still boosting their their algorithm performance, you know, because I'm reading the comments or I'm going into the, the caption or whatever it is. But like, I think we have to realize also like it's it's been a conversation I have even kind of as me and my boss kind of have this like strategy together on on some of our pages and some of those things like everybody everybody listens and everybody consumes on a different frequency um and this is kind of ties into why I said the space isn't oversaturated um everybody consumes on a different frequency and wants to hear something a different way even our delivery as people, like I could say the same exact thing yeah. on my Instagram page. And then you're like, Oh, I really like that idea. You go, you copy the whole idea. You reworded it, maybe a couple of things, but just because Parker said it now, somebody else is listening that wasn't listening to me. And I think that's what it's important about. If you're in the, if you're in the business of, of creating, if you're in the business of, or just in the space of, wanting to share good ideas like it's it's letting go of that like original thought all that like it's like just keep on sharing the things that inspire you whether or not you think they're totally 100 percent original just put your twist on it put your piece on it because at the end of the day like 
everybody's listening at, at a different frequency and I could say the same exact thing. And just because somebody doesn't like me, they're not going to hear it, but because they like you, they're going to be like, Oh, I'm all for that. But we're saying the same thing. You know, you, you hear that across the, you see that across the space. There's so many like YouTube videos that have the same information. I'm like, I could scroll through. I'm like, okay, I need a tutorial on how to edit this type of like, motion graphic or whatever it is. And just because I click into a video, I don't like somebody's accent or their voice. So I'm like, nah, never mind. I'm gonna go find another video. You know, like <laughs> just just because oh maybe they're like their voice is a little like their or their microphone was kind of like weird or set up or like their their camera angle is bad. I'm like, I find so many reasons why I don't want to listen to a person. And the same reason, like we'll find so many reasons why like to com- confirm our our own biases of like why we like people or why we like to listen to certain people. It doesn't matter what they say after that. Just because we like them, we will be listening. We'll be our our ears will be open to what they they have to say, what they have to share. You know, like so that's that's kind of that. Like everybody's listening and hearing, yeah. consuming things on a different frequency. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think that's one of the things I enjoy about podcasting because I talk to a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different things. And yeah. each time that I talk to someone, they're going to share similar information in their own way. So, and I think that's one of the and things I've had to develop is pattern recognition skills where I can talk to Elijah and I can talk to John Richards, who I just had on, who's a Navy SEAL. And they could yeah. deliver a couple of similar messages <laughs> and maybe the way Elijah says it is just objectively worse than the way that, uh, that probably <laughs> no, no, no than, than the way that, that no, <laughs> we'll have to do but, side by side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I think the interesting thing is that, Hey, one's going to impact the person that sees the clip and one's going to yeah. impact another person. And so I, I think mm-hmm. that it's interesting because everyone does consume content, but also tutorials, you know, you found a trustworthy tutorial when there's a bandy cam watermark and there's a crappy microphone, like, like really, really <laughs> bad. And he's like, hello, today I'm going to show you how to uh, get, get Adobe for free. Right? And, you, you, and it's just the terrible audio quality. But that is the tutorial you know is trustworthy. You know that tutorial is trustworthy. Because they don't care about the content. They just want to show people how to do this thing. And it is the those are the only if, if I could pick tutorials to watch, if 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 you told me I could either watch really well made tutorials where the information was a little spotty or Hello, today I'm gonna show you how you can edit this inside of After Effects. <laughs> I'm picking so, that one every single time. So you you're saying you'd rather you'd rather be able to like have have an option on YouTube where you could sort by quality <laughs> and then scroll to the very bottom. <laughs> well no, no well I mean I guess YouTube did remove the dislike counter so they already took that <laughs> Dude, away from seriously, us. Seriously like but yeah 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 like, but, but no, so but you know like, what I'm okay, talking about. This video's like, or, or even resolution, you could be like, okay, I'm only going to watch a video that <laughs> is 220p. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, or whatever. I, well, here's the thing. There are some channels, like if I see something from like Cinecom or some of these other channels, I'll trust it. But like, if I'm trying to figure out how to do something wonky on my computer, the best tutorial is usually from the guy who sounds, who sounds like he's in a hospital bed dying. <laughs> Oh my god! But you know I'm right. You know okay, I'm right. Like, I feel like there there is a certain degree of truth to that. For the most part, like I think it's just me. Like I cannot stand those videos. Like I'm just like no, I'm no, so I, done. I can't understand you. I can't hear you. I'm like no. Like okay, your mic is horrible. I, I by I'm no done. means I by no means enjoy those videos. Right? I by no means enjoy watching them. <laughs> but you but learn the information something. is always there. <laughs> like I know I'm ne- I'm. The, no, but I don't mean like if I if I just want to learn how to do something, I'm never going to watch one of those things. But if I yeah. need to figure something out, if I'm having an issue and I need to figure out how to do it, this guy is usually more reliable. And I think it's that like I hate when um, when I, I'm looking for a tutorial for something that's like it's like such a simple task. It's like I just need to know like what what are the steps or whatever. It should be like a two minute tutorial, but well, you know, like that's, the, the that's people the that really polish their content, make it like this 10 minute long video. And it's like, dude, you did not need the intro, the sponsor, like section, the friggin' like without all that, it would be a 30 second tutorial. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's why the, that's why the audio peaking guy is, is your go-to. 
because you know he's not sponsored by anybody. You know he's not going to give you a proper intro, outro, all that. Like He's not scripted his video to where it's 10 minutes long and it's hitting that retention time. Like, no, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just giving you the he's just giving you the info. Here's Absol- one for free on me. Absolutely. No, it'll be like a channel with 100 subscribers and a video with 100,000 views because it's like but okay, let's give a round of applause for these guys. I got to figure out which one of these buttons on my soundboard gives does a round of applause. I think it's this one. That was ridiculously loud. But there you go. Yeah. Anyway. What? Wait, what? I forgot I have that one on loop. It's on it's on loop apparently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I think uh, this this has been really great. I just want to thank you for coming on yeah. here, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Parker. This was this was awesome. I I love what you're doing here. Your 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 podcast is has been sick. I I love watching your clips when they come up in my feed. And, yeah. I uh, and I think I think I, what you're I, doing is is really sick. Thank you, man. I I try I try to have have fun with it. It's it, it is nice to get someone in here who like I, I love talking to these mentors who are super experienced. But it's nice to talk to someone who's in the social media game and yeah. isn't 30, 34 or older. <laughs> um, I mean, because yes. uh, actually you are the, what, how old are you at this point? What, like 18? Is it, I'm 19. 19. Okay. 19. 19. That, that was my guess. Um, so, so I guess technically the youngest guy I had in here was 16, but um, he could run for president and you would vote for him. That so, so, so like he's 16, but he's 47. Dang, like, man. It, yeah. I gotta, I gotta step up my game, dude. I gotta step up my game. I gotta talk to this guy. No, no, no. yeah. Well, and, guess what? But, You'll just be a so. We'll, we'll just be a social media team. We'll run the campaign. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'll do what I, I do what I do best. You know, I'll, I'll stay behind the camera. Yeah, no, yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Th- that's the interesting thing. I love behind the camera just as much as I love in front of it. Um. So the best yeah. thing is to be in between the subject and the camera, blocking all the content from happening. So. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh man. All right. Thank you guys at home for watching. I'm Parker Imerl. I've been talking to Elijah Trask, and this has been The Conversation Station.